Welcome to the Southwest Church of Christ Bible Study Podcast. My name is Dave Hess, and today we continue in our D6 series. Uh, the title D6 refers to Deuteronomy chapter 6, which teaches us how to teach our children and grandchildren about God and what he means to us. Uh, today's lesson is called The Only One Worthy, and the text is found in Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 35. Last week, I ended the lesson with thoughts surrounding the awe and majesty, as well as our reverence for God. Clearly, God alone deserves our worship. I referred to Exodus 20, verses 4 through 5. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. Again, I don't remember ever being tempted to form an idol or worship something in nature. It, it sounds like an easy command to uphold. Um, and I, I'm not boasting that I couldn't uh, have an idol, uh, that I couldn't worship something besides God. I mean, there's lots of things in my life that I, I love. I love my wife, I love my family, I love my church family, uh, I have lots of hobbies. Um, for those that know me, uh, I, I like woodworking, I like fishing, I like old trucks, I like antiques. Uh, even right now I'm uh, recording in uh, my basement and I'm surrounded by toy trains and, and that's one of my passions, but uh, I want to make sure that that doesn't become uh, my idol that uh, God is truly the only one worthy of my worship. Uh, last week we also talked about uh, how God is a jealous God. And uh, I want you to think about that as we uh, look at these next few verses. Uh, let's see what happened here beginning in verse 1 of chapter 32. Uh, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain... They gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And I'm adding my own commentary here, and I, I just wonder how could Aaron even consider this request? You know, was he trying to satisfy the people uh, rather than obey God? Just amazes me. In verse 2, Aaron answered them, Take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all of the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. They said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Notice that it was the people that said, These are your gods, not Aaron. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. It's like Aaron is walking a thin line. He allowed it to go f this far, yet he is calling it a festival to the Lord. It's like he's trying to please um, two types of people, those who are following God and those who are not following God. Uh, verse 6, So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. 
Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. I have a few questions. First of all, uh, where did the gold come from? In Exodus chapter 3, verse 21, God promises that the Israelites won't leave Egypt empty-handed. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards his people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. The people followed Moses' instructions in chapter 11 and asked for articles of silver and gold and clothing. And it was true, after the Passover, after the death of the firstborn, they were successful in plundering the Egyptians. We read in Exodus chapter 12 that the Egyptians were in a hurry and urged the Israelites to leave the country, fearing that they all might die. The plundered items were to be used for the tabernacle, not for a golden calf. Here's another question. How did Aaron cast the gold? Who had the skills and the equipment in the desert to make something like this? In Exodus chapter 31, we read of craftsmen with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts for work in gold, silver, and bronze, who cut set and set stones and worked in wood. Of course, these skills were intended for the tabernacle. Another question is, how did the people turn for God in just 40 days? We understand that Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, according to Exodus 24:18. But when you subtract the time it took to gather the gold and form an idol from the 40 days, the timeline in which the people turned away from God is even shorter. You know, I would have entitled this lesson, The Golden Calf, as it may appear in your a Bible as a chapter heading. The problem with that is it focuses our attention away from the heart of the matter, which is God, the only one worthy. That is the heart of the matter. God is the only one deserving of our worship and adoration. He delivered us, not a gold object, not a man. He is the one that created us and cares for us. He knows our needs and blesses us richly when we seek him, he is worthy. Back to the text in verse 1, we really see impatience. Uh, instead of waiting on God, the Israelites decide to take things into their own hands. And that never goes well. Uh, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 9. What happens in verse 2 and following is, is shocking to me. Uh, Aaron asked for their earrings to make an idol, and in verse 4 the people said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. In verse 5, Aaron doesn't appear to be on the same page when he says, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. We might try to give Aaron a little credit uh, here, but in general he is leading the Israelites in a direction that does not honor God. And now a party breaks out. And this isn't just a social gathering or, or a fellowship. Revelry describes a loud, noisy festival with the participants consuming a large amount of alcohol. Well, we've looked at the lower story. Now let's look at what's going on at the same time up above, the interaction between Moses and God. Uh, verse 7, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. 
Notice that God says your people, which shows the damage that the people have caused in their relationship with God. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Some may say that the people had not received the commandments yet, but I disagree. I believe that the book of Exodus is mostly chronological, and the people had received the commandments as we read back in chapter 20. Even before receiving those commandments, the Israelites had to have known who they should worship just by the, the example of their ancestors. Besides, verse 8 states in past tense that they had turned away from the commands that they had been given. Verse 9, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and I may destroy them. Then I will make you a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought up out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that the he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger. Relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster that he had threatened. Verse 14 is interesting. Listen to uh, the King James Version. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Did you hear the difference? Repented. The Lord repented, not relented, like I read in the NIV. Think about that. Does God repent? I wrestled with this for a while. Maybe relent is a better choice of words. Repent like relent also shows a change. Perhaps it is because we associate the word repent with sin, while the meaning here is that God listened to Moses and decided not to bring disaster onto the people. God is not surprised by the unexpected like we are. He knows the future. Also, God does not sin. I believe that the repentance of God was his way of doing something differently than what he had planned, not because he was surprised, but because he is merciful. Verse 15. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant of law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God, the writing was the writing of God, engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory, it is not the sound of defeat, it is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hand, 
breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf and the people had made and burned it in the fire, and he ground it into powder and scattered it on the water and made the Israelites drink it. Out of all the elements in the story, the drinking of gold really stands out to me. Why did Moses do this? Maybe he wanted it to make something uh, detestable for the people. Maybe it was a way to keep people from recovering the gold. You know, recovering gold after it has uh, traveled through the human body is not practical, nor is finding it after it has been washed downstream. We really don't know. Verse 21, he said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, Whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. By the way, Aaron wasn't the only one in the Old Testament to make a golden calf. In 1 Kings chapter 12, we read that Jeroboam made two of them. Moses saw that the people were running wild, and Aaron had let them get out of control, and so became a laughingstock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each man strap a sword to his side. Go back and forth throughout the camp from one end to the other, killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today. You are against your own sons and brothers, and he has blessed you this day. The next day Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now please forgive their sin, but if not, then blot me out of your book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go, lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. And the Lord struck the people with a plague because of what they did with the calf that Aaron had made. Turning away from God is a disaster. And there are consequences, and we must stay focused. While studying for this lesson, I found a lot of distractions. I found a lot of rabbit trails. There were several diversions that took my focus off the true message. While many are distracted by the gold, where it came from, how they molded it, and why Aaron chose a calf for the idol, we missed the point. And here it is. God is the only one worthy of our worship and adoration. What are some idols in your life? Our sinful human nature makes it easy for us to put things ahead of God or look to other things to satisfy what only God can satisfy. It is good for us to regularly examine our lives and rid ourselves of any modern-day idols 
that will damage our relationship with God? What is involved in giving God first place? It is giving priority to spending time with Him in prayer and reading the Word, submitting to His will over our own, giving our time and money to support His work by serving others. I mean, the fact that you are listening to this podcast right now shows that you have made it a priority. Let me encourage you to walk close with God. He alone deserves our worship. I hope that you've enjoyed this study as much as I have. Thanks for listening.